That sounds a little bit like last Sunday, doesn't it? We talked about the wilderness, that God reveals himself to us in the wilderness. And it sounds like Brian has been there and God showed himself in the wilderness. And, and that's, that's really where we are these, these few weeks. We're talking about God revealed in real life. So last week was God revealed to us in the wilderness experiences of our life, those times when God seems so distant or we're in a, in a crisis or we're in a very dry time, that God's still very real, that God shows up. He reveals himself in the midst of those situations and circumstances. Not always pleasant, but God is faithful. And so this week, we want to continue that theme of God's revelation, God revealed in real life and I have to be honest, I shared with the, the study that I'm a part of it during our 9 o'clock hour that uh, when I talked to Brian last week, he said, hey, what are you preaching on so I can work my uh, worship set kind of around that? And I said, well, I'm preaching on, I think at that point it was going to be uh, Peter walking on the water. It started with the, the transfiguration, Jesus on the mountain, the transfiguration, that was going to be what I was going to preach on, I was sure of it. Until I started working on it and it just wasn't coming together. Then I said, you know, Peter walking on the water, that would be really great. And Brian affirmed that that would be really great. Uh, it just didn't come together. So, so I've told him that that's what we're doing. I get to Tuesday, I'm going, it's just not happening uh, for me. And so uh, not that those aren't great experiences, but it, it, for whatever reason, it just didn't come together uh, like I hoped. So um, God was still good. The, the music that Brian chose is appropriate, but... Uh, I'm sorry if he feels like I left him hanging because that's not what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about God revealed in our accomplishments. And so I started, I started with the question, and I ask you to consider this question. What do you consider the greatest accomplishment of your life? If you reflect back on your life, whether you're 14 years old or 84 years old, and you reflect on the greatest accomplishment of your life, what would you fill that blank. Would you say, well, it was getting married. That was the greatest accomplishment. For some of you, that probably was a great accomplishment. Maybe you think becoming a parent, when you became a parent, that was a great accomplishment. Maybe you achieved a particular award or a position, a job, and, and that you've considered that your greatest accomplishment. Maybe there was some physical achievement. Maybe you decided you wanted to climb Mount Everest has anyone been to the top of Mount Everest? I'm just, I mean, or, or some other physical feat. Maybe you wanted to run a marathon. Uh, maybe there was some kind of physical thing you put out there. This is what I want to accomplish. And you reflect and you say, that was my greatest accomplishment. Maybe uh, buying, a, buying a home. Maybe there was uh, passing a particular test, uh, your driver's test. Maybe that was a great accomplishment. Uh, perhaps there was some other uh, certification or something that you needed to work on, that was a, a, a great accomplishment. Maybe there was a si significant obstacle in your life, some kind of barrier that you felt uh, that was set up for you and, and getting past that obstacle what has been your greatest accomplishment. Some of you, your greatest accomplishment was getting out of bed this morning. <laughs> One hour difference, that's all it was, but it felt like much more than that. And so, if that's your greatest accomplishment, we're glad that you've drugged yourself out here this morning. Maybe graduation. 
But I want you to think a little, little bit differently about that. Maybe your greatest accomplishment has been working faithfully and hard at your job. That as you think about it and you reflect back, that's, that's been a great accomplishment, that you've been faithful to that over many years. Maybe forgiving someone who wronged you was your great accomplishment. Serving somebody who was unable to do anything in return for you, maybe that was a great accomplishment. Maybe sharing your faith with somebody who was away from God and telling your faith story, that was your greatest accomplishment. I don't know what you would put in that blank, how you would fill that spot, but as you think about the accomplishments of your life, I want us to consider this idea, that God has created each one of us uniquely, that he has gifted each one of us very specifically with a special set of gifts, that our life, that your life has a purpose, that God created you, placed you where you are, I believe, for a very specific purpose. He wants to use you. He's given you a, a, a unique set of circumstances and situations in your life. And it creates and presents to you opportunities for you to be used by God. I believe that this is biblical. That you can have an eternal, not just a temporal, but an eternal impact in the world. And this is a biblical idea. Jesus said that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Paul said in one of his letters that he wrote that everything that we do in word or in deed, that we should do it for the glory of God. The Bible says that God's revealed in our love for other people. That when we express love and when we act in a particular way that God is revealed. He shows up in that. So God's revealed in his creation for sure. God's revealed to us in the word of God, in, in the Bible for sure. God's revealed to us in the person of Jesus. Absolutely. But I want to suggest this morning that God's revealed in us. In how we live our life, how we conduct ourselves, how we, the things that we say, the things that we do, that, that the only vision sometimes the only way people are going to see God is by looking at what happens in our life how we live our life now I don't say that to put a bunch of pressure on you or to make you feel guilty for how you're maybe not living in a particular way I look at it as an incredible challenge and an incredible incredible opportunity that we have each and every day wherever we find ourselves at work at school with our friends in our neighborhood that God wants to use us in those circumstances and so we want to look at a story in the book of Acts that I believe demonstrates this very thing. And so it's, it's in Acts chapter 4. So if you want to find the book of Acts in your New Testament and turn to chapter 4, and I want to give you, basically I want to kind of set the stage for what, what happened in Acts chapter 3 so that we know what we're going to read about in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way into the temple to worship. It's the afternoon prayer time, and so they're, they're heading in to worship and pray in the temple, and on their way in, they encounter a, a man begging. He's lame, he can't walk, and he's begging. 
And so they stop and they have a conversation with him. And long story short, this man gets healed. He gets up and walks. And as a result of this miraculous circumstance, people are drawn to what happened. They see it happen and, they, and it gives Peter a platform in which to preach. And he preaches boldly about Jesus and talks about this person Jesus who has been crucified and rose again and the power that they've just demonstrated was not their own but this was power that Jesus gave working through them to heal this man and so that's what sets the stage for what happens in chapter 4 because what happens in chapter 4 is the religious leaders catch this they're they're on their way to prayer prayer they see what's happening they hear this proclamation going on and they're very disturbed about this Jesus that Peter and John are talking about and as a result they take Peter and John into custody they arrest them keep them in jail overnight and then the next morning they call them out and they want to have a hearing with them and this is where we want to pick it up in Acts chapter 4 beginning at verse 8 so look with me at Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Here's what it says. This is uh, Peter speaking to these leaders. Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, every time I read the Bible, or as I'm reading through the Bible often, there are certain passages that just stick out to me as, as unique or they catch my eye. And this is one of those passages, especially verse 13. It always intrigues me when they said that they took note, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I think there's something there for us and we're going to get to that this morning. Here these guys have been hauled before this Jewish council. They're asked... How did they do this? How did you heal this man? And, and they, they proclaim the name of Jesus. And, and this is how it was done. They're speaking boldly and confidently. And these folks are perplexed. They don't understand. How could these guys pull this off? And so I believe that God is being revealed in a special way in this incident. In this circumstance. In this situation. And in fact, I believe that God is revealed in our own lives. In our own circumstances. And I want to unpack for you uh, this morning three ways in which I see this being played out in this story. And as a result, I believe it's played out in our own story. If we will allow God to use us, we will see it happen in our own circumstances. So the first thing that I notice is that God is revealed in our changed life. In a changed life. And if you want to write a nugget down today, I realize I don't got a lot of blanks for you on your outline. Some of you are like, hey, this is just a bunch of blank space. What am I going to do? Fill in whatever you want. But here's a nugget for you that I think is worth writing down. God shows himself 
in the change that happens when we come to know Jesus. God shows himself in the change that happens when we come to know Jesus. The change of our, in our life is remarkable. It's worth unpacking. And let me, there's another version of the Bible. It's called The Voice. And I wanted to read verse 13 from The Voice. Listen to this translation. It says, Now the leaders were surprised and confused. They looked at Peter and John and realized that they were typical peasants, uneducated, utterly ordinary fellows. I want to stop right there. How many utterly ordinary people do I have here this morning? I just, I'm just curious. You can, the rest of you think you must be extraordinary. <laughs> How many utterly ordinary fellows is the way this describes them? With extraordinary confidence, the leaders recognize them as companions of Jesus. So I, I, I think it's important for us to, to understand that God uses utterly ordinary folks. If you say, God could never use me, I am completely unremarkable, then you're in the right spot. Because it's the change of life that God brings about in our life that makes us remarkable people. And so what they were astonished by was not and catch this, was not so much what they said. We're going to talk about that in a second. But it was just the very way they conducted their life. That something had happened. Something had, they had encountered something in their life that made them different. That had radically changed their life. They were not impressed by their background. They were not impressed by their education. Because they had no formal religious training to speak of. They weren't impressed with their credentials. They had no certificates. They had no diplomas. They had no credentials. Their pedigree, their religious pedigree, was nothing to speak of. They had no background that would make them worth listening to. But it was the spirit-filled boldness and confidence that Peter and John had that was remarkable. And so as we reflect on our own situation, as we think about our own circumstances, we have to think about that in the same way. I want to give you one other example from the New Testament. If you look, and we will be in a couple of weeks as we approach Resurrection Day, but if you look at the disciples of Jesus before the resurrection, after the crucifixion, but before the resurrection, they were in hiding, they were terrified, they were afraid that the... That the leaders that the police that the the religious leaders were coming to arrest them so they were in hiding after the resurrection they're completely different people and so we can see that this change this transformation of life is what draws people to us and to the message that we proclaim so i i need to ask you this question what changes have you seen in your own life what changes have you seen God make in your life? And so I, and I don't ask that in, in I, that I'm expecting you to, to shout it out, but I am asking it because I, I want you to take it seriously. I want you to seriously ask yourself that question. How is your life different? How is your life different because of what God has done in your life? Because God is revealed, I believe, in a changed life. The second thing I notice here is that God's revealed in our words. Now, these guys had been with Jesus for three years. They had heard 
Jesus teach. They had watched him live his life. And they had learned a bit about Jesus' message. In fact, in Luke 24, Jesus says this. This is after his resurrection as he's talking to his disciples. He said, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Jesus made it clear to his followers as they spent that time with him, as they were with him for three years. They saw him conduct himself. They listened to his teaching. And so now they have the opportunity to speak words speak the message speak the truth of who Jesus is God's revealed in the message in our words so the response of the religious leaders to Peter and John is not so much the um, how they did it there is that but it is the content they're talking about Jesus this is what bothers them and so this message of Jesus that is on their lips is problematic. And so I have to ask this question. How does that show up in your own conversation? What is it that you believe about Jesus? Do you know what you believe about Jesus? Is it part of your conversation? I want, a few years ago I had the opportunity to go to a high school reunion and I've been to a few of those now. But it was, I think it was our first reunion, so probably 10 years after graduation. And I ran into a guy there who was a friend of mine when we were in school. And I would say he was not, he was not a Christ follower. He, in fact, he was quite far from that. But we were friends. We hung out together. But at this reunion, I couldn't help but notice that there was a difference in what I heard coming out of his mouth. And it occurred to me, I said, you know what, Dan... Something's changed. As I, as I heard his conversations and, and the, the content of what he was talking about, it became very clear he, he's come to faith in Jesus. So it was clear by what he was saying. It was clear by the message of, uh, of his words, the, the content of what he was saying, that something had happened. Yes, there was, the further I was in conversation with him and the more I talked with him, I could see it, the, the transformation, the, the very central uh, transformation that had happened in his life. But it was evident in the words that he shared, the content of what he was talking about. And so I, I, need, I need us to consider, does, does our relationship with God show up in the content of what we talk about? Do you know what you believe about who Jesus is? Thirdly, God's revealed in our actions. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a few ways, and we're going to, when I, when I wrap up this morning, I'm going to revisit this idea. But the first thing I notice about Peter and John goes back to chapter 3 of Acts. And it's their, their love and their compassion for this man who was begging along the side of the road. That their treatment of other people has changed 
The, the way they approach life has changed. Their actions have changed because of a change that's happened inside of them. They, are, they have compassion for this man. Their heart goes out to him. They, they want to do what they can. So their compassion and their love is evident. Additionally, the scripture says that they, their boldness and their courage was evident. The way they conducted themselves in front of the religious leaders, Peter and John. Something's changed about how they are living their life. They weren't intimidated. They boldly proclaimed the truth as they knew it. Regardless of the consequences. Later on in chapter 4, they basically, the leaders come back to them. They don't know what to do with them. That's the bottom line. They don't know what to do with them. And so they basically say, hey, we're going to let you go, but you can't talk about Jesus anymore. And their response is, hey, you can do whatever you want, but we can't stop talking about this person that's changed our life. It has fundamentally impacted how they live their life. So God showed up. God showed up in their changed life. God showed up in their message, in the words that they proclaimed. God showed up in how they conducted their life, how they treated other people. And so this brings me to an important conclusion this morning. And there's two parts of this. The first part is that people will see and hear and understand God by being with us. So the, the degree to which people understand who God is is going to be impacted by what they see, what they hear, what they experience with us. Our changed life is what people are going to, that's what they're going to notice. They're going to see a difference in how we live our life. But the second part of it is where I want us to really land this morning, and, th and that is this. We will be changed by being with Jesus. These guys were changed by their time with Jesus. The religious leaders, that's their observation. They're totally confused about what's happened, but the one thing they do know is that these guys had been with Jesus. So, I want to ask us to consider what that might look like for us. Because I believe our life is going to be fundamentally changed by the time we spend with Jesus. Now, I want to suggest that being around Jesus is not the same as being with Jesus. I would jot that down. Being around Jesus is not the same as being with Jesus. Uh, being around Christians is not the same as being with Jesus. Uh, being around Christian events, like a 1015 worship service, is not the same as being with Jesus. Not necessarily the same as being with Jesus. And being around church events is not the same as being with Jesus. So how do we do, how do we how is it that we're with Jesus? How is it that this becomes so much a part of, of our life that it's not just something that we add conveniently to our life, but it's, it's something that is 
an intimate part of who we are and what we do? That's a great question. That's a great question. And certainly, being in a 10-15 worship service on a Sunday morning is not a bad thing. Being in a Bible study is not a bad thing. Hanging around with, with Christian folks is not a bad thing. But we can't, we can't just assume that it happens magically because we find ourselves in the right place. Being with Jesus is going to require intention on our part to say, Jesus, speak to me. I, I want to be alongside you. I want to know who you are. And so the best way for me, I believe, to maybe share with us how we can experience this for ourselves, or how I can uh, make this being with Jesus a, a part of my life is to answer the question, uh, what are the marks of somebody that's been with Jesus? I've already pointed out a couple of them. Peter and John's love and compassion for the, for the crippled man was a mark that they had been with Jesus. Their boldness and their courage was a mark that they had been with Jesus. But I want to suggest that there's some other things this morning that, that help us to be marked as people who are with Jesus. How we handle our resources, friends. How you handle your time, how you handle your material resources. Those are going to mark you. Those are going to be an indication of your values, your priorities. They're going to be an indication of a changed life. Once I've encountered the person of Jesus, how I handle my resources of time, talent, treasure will be changed. Will be changed. To the degree that I am with Jesus on a regular basis, those, how I handle those things will continue to be changed. My love for his word will be impacted. It won't seem like it's an obligation, but it will be, it'll seem like something that I've got to be involved with. I've got to be connected to God in, in his word. I'm going to find myself being less selfish, less, less self-centered. And my response to those people that are away from God is going to be changed. And so as I invest this time, as I make it a priority to be with Jesus and seek this change in my life, let me just say this. It's not by trying harder. Your self-effort is not going to make you more like Jesus. It's what God does in our life. As we submit, as we yield, as we allow God to have access to my life, my life is changed. What we want to be about as a congregation, as we follow Jesus together, is about life change. Changing lives happen when we encounter Jesus in a real way. It's not something that we do on our own. You're, you are not going to, if you buckle down and try harder, it might work for a week. This kind of life change happens when we submit to God in our life and we allow him to bring about this change. And often we're going to find that this change is revealed, that God is revealed through some kind of moment of crisis or some kind of circumstance that brings it to the, to the front. So, I'll take it back to Peter and John. Here they are before the religious leaders, and this circumstance and situation revealed God to the people around them. Because they were at this point, an incredible point of opportunity, 
Call it crisis if you want. They're in jail. That's pretty traumatic. God shows up. And I believe that God provides those opportunities in our life for that change to show up. So I want to suggest to us that God wants to use us, that God wants to reveal himself in our accomplishments, in the things that God is doing in our life, in the circumstances of our life, God wants to show up. And as we are people that spend time with Jesus, God will be more and more evident to the people that are around us. So God, I am grateful. I am grateful for this promise that as we yield to you, as Holy Spirit, that as we seek to spend time with you and as we seek to be people that are with Jesus, that our life will be changed. That fundamentally we will be different people. That the words that we say, that our actions, that our treatment of others there will be change that happens. God, I thank you that you're doing that right now. That we're all in this, on this road to transformation. That our lives are being changed as we are, are, as we are with you. And God, I, I pray that you would provide opportunities, maybe even this week, for you to be revealed in our own life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, as, as we head out of here and we've been and we've been together and hopefully we've been in the presence of Jesus and he's speaking into our lives through our worship through his word that we be, that that change continues to happen and it will be evident as we interact with people throughout the circumstances of this week that's my prayer for you that's my prayer for us as a church that people will encounter Jesus in a life-changing way when they come here would you join me as we as we conclude this morning we're going to stand and lift our voices to the Lord.